Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Three mistakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at frito This is the Falcoholic Podcast, the official podcast of the Atlanta Falcons on the SB Nation Podcast Network. I'm David Walker. On today's podcast, we're going to recap the Falcons' advanced stats coming out of their loss at home in Week 13 to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 30-17. to uh, Let's start with the offense because many of you rightfully looked at this game, saw 10 points on the board, and thought, my God, this offense has to do better uh, if they're going to be competitive in games. And certainly, uh, I would agree with that. But here's the thing. I said this in our post-game podcast with Evan. I actually feel like this game showed some positive signs. And I want to uh, focus a little bit on that because I believe the advanced stats are backing that up. Uh, now, don't get me wrong. There were some guys in this game that performed poorly. Uh, there were some guys that honestly are normally really reliable and had just a bad day at home. Uh, but at the same time, the, the top three guys on this list, I believe, are a big reason why I, I'm, I've got some optimism uh, about what this offense is beginning to put together. Uh, so let's talk about the top five guys uh, by Pro Football Focus scores, and we're going to start at the very top. And the top name at the list, probably no surprise, uh, he has been in the top five almost every single week. I think there was only one exception. Uh, he has been honestly one of our best draft picks over the past five, six years, and that's right guard Chris Lindstrom. Uh, 86.6 overall grade, a 90.5 as a run blocker. Now, the Falcons on the day had 71 offensive snaps. Only 22 were in run blocking, um, but this was one of their best efforts. Again, uh, second week in a row where the offensive line as a run blocking unit really got it done. And again, for the second week in a row, they were facing a top five run defense. Coming in, the Buccaneers were the top ranked run defense. Last week, Jacksonville was number three. And for two weeks in a row, the Falcons have averaged over five yards per carry. And they really got the run game going in this one, especially in that first drive. Um, and it wasn't just Patterson. You know, they uh, they they broke open some holes for Mike Davis as well, and he had that 17-yard touchdown run at the end of that first drive. And this is where the optimism comes from. This is something we haven't seen from this Falcons team in a very long time. Even last year with Todd Gurley, um, it has been a long time, I would say, back to 2016 before we saw the Falcons have multiple games in a row where they were able to dominate with the run. And uh, maybe dominate is a strong term, but they were very successful with the run in this game. And that starts with the offensive line. And you know this was never going to be a quick install. Um, first of all, you've got two brand new starters, Matt Hennessy, uh, Jalen Mayfield at left guard. And it, that kind of disruption on the offensive line, especially when you try to run a zone blocking scheme where communication uh, and understanding what the other guy is going to do is so critical to being successful uh, in that scheme. 
this was never going to be a quick install. And now, you know, we're more than halfway through the season. We're beginning to see these guys come together. Um, you know, one game could be an anomaly. Two games, uh, you're beginning to build a trend. Now, this upcoming week against Carolina, we'll see if they can continue that. Carolina has a really good defense. Not necessarily a good run defense, though. They, uh, they're they really good at getting to the, to the passer, which obviously is concerning. Um, but their run defense is uh, really sort of middle of the pack. Uh, I think the right, you know, a couple weeks ago they were ranked 15th there. This may be an opportunity for the Falcons to finish the year strong um, with their running game. And, uh, you know, as you're thinking about the long-term potential of this team, if they can get a running game going consistently, their ability to close out games, something that, you know, in the last several years of Dan Quinn's time here in Atlanta, they were unable to do, uh, if they can reestablish that running game, uh, one that is bolstered by what the offensive line does, uh, that bodes very well for the potential for this team to be different, to close out games in ways that uh, they didn't in the past. So really, really encouraged by this. Chris Lindstrom, number one. Uh, right behind him, center Matt Hennessy, um, 45 snaps out of the possible 71. I believe Drew Dahlman, uh, who had 26 snaps in this game, uh, did not get any snaps in the second half. I'm hoping this spells the end of the uh, rotation between these guys because Dahlman did struggle in this game. Um, Hennessy, I felt, uh, had one of his best games as a pro, 79.1 overall grade, 82.6 as a pass blocker, uh, something that we haven't seen from him. And, and again, keep in mind, this is against Tampa Bay, guys like Dominican Sue, Vita Vea uh, in, in the middle. And that is actually a, a fairly impressive score from him. Uh, 77.9 as a run blocker, a very good score there as well. Let's hope that this rotation, uh, basically threatening his job, uh, has gotten Matt Hennessy to wake up and realize he has to do better. Um, last week, he scored pretty well. Let's hope this is an ongoing trend for him. If we can get the center position figured out, uh, you know, it really leaves left guard and potentially right tackle. But number three on this list, Caleb McGarry at right tackle, 71, uh, 100% of the snaps, 75.2 overall grade, 78.1 as a run blocker. Um, this is where McGarry, I think, uh, you know, the Falcons run really well to the right side of the, of the offensive line. And we, you know, look at the, these three guys. It's the, you know, the center to the right uh, is our top three here. And I think that's for a reason. Uh, McGarry has gotten a lot of hate. And as a pass blocker, he still has, you know, uh, some definite issues. Top tier pass rushers uh, eat his lunch. Uh, but, as a run blocker, he seems to be fairly good, and uh, you know we need him to improve. But I think the talk about replacing him immediately can die down a little bit. Now, we absolutely need a good swing tackle to push him. I'm I'm in favor of bringing in you know an inexpensive veteran to push McGarry uh, in 2022. Uh, we can't just assume he's going to be you know uh, continue to get better. Um, you know, he's, he's been inconsistent throughout his career, but right now, good game from him. And I think, I think honestly that if you watch the game, he was the, one of the few problem, uh, few bright spots on the offensive line. All right. Number four, wide receiver, Russell Gage. Um, he actually, you know, had a over hundred yards receiving this score is, you know, 72.9 probably held back by his fumble, which was a very costly one. Um, I, you know, I'm hesitant to give him too much praise. I, I do feel like he did. 
you know, a pretty good job. He caught some difficult passes. Uh, and honestly, that's the kind of game we need from him. But we also need him to secure the football, uh, something that uh, in this game was, you know, killed one of those drives early on. And honestly, you know, when we're talking about those 10 points, it's those kind of plays, I think, that ultimately ended up undoing this offense. Um, it wasn't that they couldn't move the ball. They moved the ball actually pretty well. It was that they shot themselves in the foot repeatedly, whether it was the fumble, uh, dropped passes. We saw some dropped passes from Kyle Pitts. Um, you know, we saw false starts from guys like Jake Matthews. Uh, it was just repeated mental errors or, uh, you know, just poor play. Uh, but they were actually moving the ball uh, for most of the afternoon. And I think that that needs to be acknowledged. Um, they, they just have to clean up the mistakes. Uh, right now, they're not a team with uh, the right people to be able to overcome mistakes. You know, look at that. Tom Brady, pick six uh, to end the half, and they still win 30 to 17. Like they can, that is a team that can suffer, you know, some bad mistakes and still win impressively. The Falcons are not that team. Um, and I think that's why their offense only scored 10 is because they made enough mistakes that they shut themselves down. All right, number five on this list, Alameda Zacchaeus. Uh, 43 snaps out of the 71. Yeah, that's actually a pretty heavy workload for him. Uh, 71.1 overall grade, 90 as a run blocker. And he had 12 snaps doing that. Um, look, you know, when we start talking about guys like Frank Darby and, and wanting to get him in there, I think this is an underrated part of uh, what Arthur Smith wants from his wide receivers is their ability to get downfield and help spring the additional three, five, six yards from the running back when they get into the second level. And Zacchaeus did that well in this game, and that deserves to be acknowledged. All right, let's talk about the bottom five guys. Uh, absolute bottom of the list, wide receiver Tajay Sharp had 54 snaps, um, which was one more than Russell Gage. Uh, yeah, I, I'm... I'm, I'm I like Sharp okay in a limited role, but 54 snaps, that just shows you sort of where this offense is right now. 44.7 overall grade for him. Uh, next up, tight end Lee Smith. Only 16 snaps, but a 46.5 overall grade, although he did do well as a pass blocker, um, you know, lining up in that, uh, in that formation. Uh, third up from the list, center Drew Dahlman. 26 snaps, 18 as a pass blocker, 8 as a run blocker. Um, 47.9 overall grade, 28.7 as a pass blocker. So yeah, this was something we sort of knew about Dalman uh, coming into this year. Is he's probably going to need a year or so uh, to try to bulk up. He's a smaller offensive lineman, and that's going to hurt in pass blocking, particularly when you're going up against guys like Vita Vea and Dominican Sue. Um, you know, that is not a favorable matchup for, for Drew Dahlman. And I think that showed in this game. And that's probably why they leaned more on Matt Hennessy in the second half than they did on Dahlman. Uh, and again, I, I hope this whole rotational mess is done with. All right, fourth up from the bottom, fullback Keith Smith, 52.1 overall grade. Again, as a pass blocker, 80.6 grade overall. Uh, good job from him there. But a 52.1 overall uh, from Keith Smith. And fifth up from the list, tight end Parker Hesse, 12 total snaps, 53.1 overall grade. He was recently cut by the Falcons. Will probably be uh, re-signed and put back on the practice squad um, with the re imminent return of Hayden Hurst uh, to the lineup. All right, where did some of our key players fall? Um, Kyle Pitts was number eight on this list um, with a 61.3 overall grade. Cordero Patterson was sixth with a 67.7. I feel like he probably deserved higher than that. Uh, Matt Ryan right in the middle at number 11 with a 59.8 overall grade. 
Um, and then Jake Matthews, uh, who normally incredibly reliable, was at 13 with a 59.0, 73.5 as a pass blocker, but he did have a penalty. I believe he had two penalties. They, they only have him charted here with one, but I believe he had two. Uh, and the 51.8 is a run blocker. So uh, again, I think this is Matthews' uh, weak suit. Uh, and actually, Jalen Mayfield scored better than him, uh, which is not a great sign. Mayfield at number nine, uh, 61.2. 70.5 is a run blocker. Mayfield seems to be really coming together as a run blocker, but a 35.1 is a pass blocker. Uh, he is still the biggest liability on this offensive line by a long shot. All right. Uh, that is the offense. We're going to talk about what the defense did in this game. Obviously, uh, giving up 30 points is uh, certainly not a great day uh, on the afternoon, uh, but we'll get into that in just a second. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. And we're back on the Falcoholic Podcast. This is Dave Walker. We're recapping the PFF grades for the Falcons coming out of their Week 13 loss at home to the Buccaneers, 30-17. Let's talk about what the defense did and the top five guys on this list. Um, (laughs) These grades are really bad for the most part. Uh, Like, you don't have – you have one guy who's got this top score, and we'll talk about it in a second, and then no one – else is higher than 70 for a total you know, overall grade, which sort of gives you an idea of where this defense was on the afternoon. Um, no big surprise there, honestly. It, the defense just was, you know, it was a tough matchup. You know, one of the most stacked offenses in the league. Um, and I, I think that they just took advantage of, of this defense. That said, I honestly thought Tampa Bay would score more uh, I'll take this performance over some of the ones we've seen previously. Um, but yeah, not, not a great, not a great day of the office for the defense. All right. The number one graded player, uh, by PFF, and this is probably not a surprise to anybody is defensive tackle Marlon Davidson, who did have the thick six of Tom Brady. He had a 90.1 overall grade. What's hilarious to me is that None of his other individual grades for run defense, pass rush, or coverage got above 70, but somehow he had a 90.1 as his overall. So that one uh, interception and and touchdown obviously bolstered his grade on the day. Um, But I I think that says everything you need to know about the Falcons' defense, that when their top-graded player is a defensive tackle, because he got an interception, a pick six, um, that tells you what kind of day at the office you had. Um, Number two, uh, safety Eric Harris, 60 of the 70 possible snaps, played a 69.7 overall grade, 77 as a tackler, and 67.6 um, in coverage. And look, I know what you guys are thinking. I'm thinking it too. Uh, Gronkowski you know, beat him clean for one of the touchdowns. Um, but it's Rob Gronkowski, right? Like The guy is going to be one of the greatest tight ends of all time. He's going to go to the Hall of Fame. Uh, you know, if, if Gronkowski has beat many very good safeties. So I don't feel like we can hold that completely against Eric Harris. 
but he was our second highest graded player on the day. Man, this is like a factory of sadness, guys. I'm sorry, but we're, we're going we're gonna to push through it. All right, number three, uh, linebacker Foye Luokan. He played all 70 snaps, had a 67.9, 67.9 overall grade, 72.6 in coverage. And actually, uh, I thought he did a fairly good job um, in coverage in this game. This is something that he struggled with recently. This is one of his better games of the year. Uh, again, you know, 67.9, that's sort of above average. But uh, Foye, yeah, one of our top guys. Good to see him sort of bounce back. Number four on this list, uh, I can already hear sort of the clamoring for him to get more playing time again. Um, He had six snaps, so please keep that in mind. Linebacker Michael Walker, 67.6 overall grade. Uh, Again, five in coverage, one as a pass rusher. Um, he, He did, I guess, well for, again, the limited snap size. Uh, but yeah, number four on this list. Uh, finally, number five with just five snaps. Uh, this guy didn't play any defensive snaps last week. Um, so interesting to see him get five this week, two in coverage, three in run defense, uh, was cornerback Avery Williams, 65.9 overall grade. Um, really good job, uh, in run defense, apparently, uh, not so great in coverage. Again, sort of the story of the Falcons defense when, your defensive tackle is getting an interception and your cornerback is doing the tackling. <laughs> I feel like we don't, we're not getting the script right with this Falcons defense, um, but that's the top five. Let's take a look at the guys that are at the bottom of the list. All right. At the bottom of the list um, with 27 total snaps, uh, linebacker Aditi Kumbo, Ogun Deji, 44.0 overall grade, um, two snaps in coverage. He got a 29.4. 29.5 coverage grade. Um, I actually felt like he didn't have this bad of a game. He generated some pass rush. Uh, I think he, he he got to Brady a little bit, uh, at least one hurry in the game. Um, he wasn't credited with that, but uh, he, in my mind, I feel like this grade is not accurate. So take that for what it's worth. But uh, Ogan Deji at the bottom of this list. All right, next up on the list, uh, unfortunately, this guy's spending a lot of time at the bottom of the PFF list recently. Linebacker Deion Jones, 69 out of the 70 possible snaps, 41.4 overall grade. Um, we really need more from Debo in this regard. He is, you know, his coverage grade is struggling. And this is something that, you know, we sort of knew Dion was never going to be a great, like, big physical linebacker. And one of the things we really were excited about was his ability to cover guys, you know, tight ends, running backs with that elite speed, but he's not getting it done. And a lot of fans are rightfully pointing to, you know, his cap hit next year, which is around $20 million and wondering if he is going to be one of the tough decisions that the Falcons have to make. And I think that's a fair assessment. I think, you know, if you look at the performance, you look at the cap hit, the question is, you know, if you cut him, you don't get any cap savings. It's very minimal. Uh, even as a post-June 1st cut. I think their best hope is to try to trade him. If you trade him, the, the, the team that takes him on takes on his salary, which is you know around $9 million, which is fair. Uh, the Falcons will eat you know the, the dead cap, but they'll get some cap savings because they'll, you know, they'll eat the bonus, but uh, at the same time, uh, they'll not have to take on the, the $9 million salary. So I think that is something that They'll have to consider, uh, unless his performance over the last five games just dramatically you know, improves and, be- and he becomes an elite top-tier linebacker, 
Um, these kind of performances are going to be what is going to ultimately run him out of Atlanta. Uh, and it's unfortunate. He's got all the talent, all the physical talent in the world. Um, but these past few years have been rough for him. And uh, certainly, you know, if, if he's not getting it done as, uh, you know, a thumper linebacker, we need him to get it done in coverage, and that's not happening either. All right, next up on the list, third from Bob safety, Duran Harmon. Again, 65 snaps out of 70, 44.6 overall grade. Uh, this is a guy I feel like um, many fans are clamoring for him to be gone. Um, and look, I get it. He's, he's a decent enough um, rotational guy. Uh, but he's never going to be in the long-term plans anyways. They're not going to fire him mid-season. They, they can't even afford to do that at this point. They don't have the cap space to bring on anyone else, so it is what it is. But Harmon, you know, it, it, the safeties need upgrading. Now, is that going to be Richie Grant and Jalen Hawkins in 2022? I, I think that's a distinct possibility. Uh, but fourth up in this list and fifth up from this list were Richie Grant and Jalen Hawkins. Uh, Richie Grant was fourth up, 24 uh, tilled snaps, 46.7 overall grade. Jalen Hawkins, 15 snaps, 48.9 overall grade. Uh, you know, again, take all of this with a grain of salt. It was against the Bucks. Um, let's see how they do against you know other teams the rest of the year. The Bucks are going to be one of the best offenses in the league. Uh, I think they are the best offense in the league. So, you know, it's a tough matchup, and especially without any pass rush. In my mind, it's really difficult to come down too hard on your secondary when they have no one in in, in the trenches generating pressure, and that's the problem here. Um, let's see how guys like Hawkins and Grant do when the Falcons are able to generate a pass rush, if that ever happens. God, help me if it if we can't fix the pass rush over the next couple of years. I may be done with football forever. Um, but yeah, I don't want to put too much heat on these guys because um, being asked to be in coverage for five, 10 seconds is just stupid. And that's essentially what we're asking of our secondary these days. And at times they're actually being successful, which is sort of crazy. All right. Where do some of our key guys uh, land in the scoring? A.J. Terrell was actually eighth on the list, 63.8 overall. This is where sometimes with PFF, I don't understand exactly what's going on. From a coverage standpoint, he was targeted just four times and allowed just one reception and only gave up six yards. Um, like, And he got a 66.6 coverage grade. In my mind, that's a good day <laughs> as, a, as a corner. So... He's still doing his job as you know our top corner, but uh, got dinged really hard as a tackler. But uh, in my mind, AJ Terrell continuing to perform really well. Interestingly, Darren Hall um, got 44 snaps as our slot corner. He may be taking over that spot permanently. Um, Richie Grant had 24. They had been sharing duties there. Uh, Darren Hall, 60.1 overall grade. He was right behind AJ Terrell at number nine. Um, and Grady Jarrett, uh, number 13 on the list uh, for today, 53.5. And again, I think this is something where uh, with teams knowing that there's no one other than Grady um, to generate a pass rush, uh, they're, they're going to sell out to stop him and dare anyone else to, to break through the line. And it's just not happening. So uh, again, I don't want to beat up too much on Grady. I don't feel like he's had the best season of his career. Uh, by a long shot. Uh, so rough day for him. 
Um, and those are the PFF scores for the Falcons coming out of this game. Uh, they've got the Panthers next. It'll be interesting to see how they match up with them. We will be back on this podcast myself, Evan Birchfield, to preview that game, the second matchup against the Panthers uh, for their Week 14 matchup. Uh, as for you guys, you can follow me on Twitter at FalcoholicDW. Updates for this podcast at FalcoholicPod. And of course, our articles daily at thefalcoholic.com. This is David Walker. Thank you guys for listening in. We'll talk with you next time.